Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about The Last Jedi. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you show the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. On this podcast, we like to talk about games, but also movies and also Star Wars. Um, we have been in, in a Star Wars renaissance on the podcast because over the past couple of months we've been doing... Uh, big double-sized episodes to make sure that we have all of our thoughts about all of Star Wars um, on uh, on on the on, on the on on the record is what I'm trying to say on the record right uh, and the culmination of that is the release of the last Jedi um, and I guess it's out now so we can talk about it and that's that's interesting man that is I'm so excited for this I am too um. <laughs> and uh, just kind of to, to put start this off the top um, spoilers for the last Jedi uh, probably spoilers for the force awakens as well but spoilers everything will be spoiled going in if you haven't seen this movie highly recommend you go see it before listening to this podcast. But, uh, both spoilers. of us, yes, both of us. Uh, I think a non-spoiler uh, recommendation is is yes baseline. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, spoilers from here on out. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, I think just kind of in, in, in our pre-recording talk of this, uh, basically, we both hardly recommend this. Um, you maybe a little bit more so than I do, but we we both very much enjoyed enjoyed this movie. Correct? Yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, what are your, what, do you have any kind of a... So, okay, okay, so when we first started talking about this, you said that it's the most divisive Star Wars movie of all time, um, uh, and I had seen a little bit of this, right, like, I'd seen a couple of tweets, like, here and there, right, um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, like, Eric Ironquist, the guy that, the guy that casts with Monte Cristo, Dota, um... Uh, he was talking about how it's worse than Attack of the Clones. You know what I mean? He he sent out a tweet that's like, oh, like Attack of the Clones. You know, oh, I you know I'll ruin Star Wars and then the Last Jedi hold my beer kind of thing, right? Like, uh, you know, you were the chosen one, right? Like all these other memes started showing up on his Twitter. I was like, well, that's weird. Ah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, movies not for everybody, kind of thing. And a lot of the and a lot of the um, uh, you know, like the critics that I follow were were into it. Um to varying degrees um and i don't know i just i i and then i went to see it myself because i had been doing as much as i could to avoid kind of spoilers or impressions or whatever i wanted to go in fresh right and then i loved it and i thought it was great and i came out and then all of a sudden apparently everybody well apparently there is there is more backlash to this movie than i would have expected from such a fantastic fucking film yeah um in a word i i I do think that this movie is is pretty flawed i think it's got some 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 pretty deep flaws but i don't think that it keeps it from greatness um and i think that some of those flaws just really struck people the wrong way um i i think a lot of it's kind of suspension of disbelief stuff which uh unsurprising to me that yours was not broken um and to me, like, I can see the problems, but it didn't stop me from enjoying the movie. Um, like, I, I think almost every criticism I've heard of the movie, bar a couple, have been generally valid um, in terms oh of... Oh my god, see, I I feel the exact opposite. I feel like every criticism I've heard of this movie is invalid, not necessarily because it's wrong, right? But because, like, 
I think if you applied the same framework to any of the other Star Wars movies, you would also find those to be wrong, right? Like, I understand if somebody has suspension of disbelief problems in this movie, but if you have suspension of disbelief problems in this movie, you also have suspension of disbelief problems about, like, the fucking Millennium Falcon sitting on the back of, you know, the the Imperial Star Destroyer or whatever, right? Or you have suspension of disbelief problems about there being breathable air and shit and, like, like normal gravity inside of an asteroid, a worm's asteroid stomach you know what i mean like like i I just i can't that's the part that kills me about is about about all this um and maybe this is because i don't hold you know the the empire strikes back in in incredibly high regard right like i open when we first started talking about it because i think definitively right this is the best star wars movie we've ever had um and uh i don't i like it's it's I just feel as though if there are problems to The Empire Strikes Back, right? Like, there are timeline issues with how long Luke and Yoda are training on Dagobah compared to how long, you know, the this Millennium Falcon, right, Star Destroyer chase are going on, right? Like, th- these are the same kind of timeline issues, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I, like, hold... Empire Strikes Back in, like, lower regard than other folks. Do. Yeah, I, I think you're crazy. I think this movie is not better than Empire, and I don't even think it's better than A New Hope, which is usually my, my second-ranked place. Um, but I do think it's very good. I think that the the, the kind of um, real kind of storytelling flaws with this movie are, are there um, and are deeper and, and, and are the type of things that cause these problems. I do think there's a lot of problems that, that do kind of get into this... Um, this, like you know, kind of moments of disbelievability that that accrue, that are that that if you can flush them away, that's that that's its own problem. But I do think there are problems besides that. Um, but uh, okay, well, let's be specific. What are some of these problems? The the disbelievability problems. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think far and away the the most obvious one and the one that happens to earliest and the one that kind of is very easy to pin put your finger on is uh, Super Leia, as it were. Um, when Leia gets blown out of her, uh, out of her ship, and she decides that she's gonna fly into the ship, that, back into it, like, literally fly. Um, and, uh, frankly, I, I don't think that's a great moment in the movie. Um, I think it's an excusable one, but I, I don't think it's, it's, a, it's a well-placed one. Um, I frankly thought that, um, part of this, I think, is also kind of, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher has passed away. Um, and I think a lot of people were expecting that to be, like, the way that they wrote her out of the movie, um, uh, at that point in time. But I also don't think it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, I think it's kind of, it kind of feels like an ass pull in a lot of ways. Um. Well, hold on one second. How does that, how, like, it's, how does that feel like an ass pull? She's always had... She's always had forced sensitivity, right? I mean... For the same reason you're mad at Ray for being able to randomly use force powers, I think you can easily be mad at Leia. I, like, she's see, never I, used her force there. powers. Well, just because we've never seen it doesn't mean that they don't exist. You know what I mean? But there's a difference between Ray, who, clear, like, she's clearly demonstrated to not have force powers, and then she gets them incredibly quickly. You know what I mean? I felt like the movies... I don't know. I just... I didn't think that Leia didn't... I don't know. I... Like, I, I, I 
Like, I don't know. I think it's kind of crazy to say that they're not super equivalent there. Like, she very clearly and intentionally has never used her Force powers, right? Like, that's kind of the whole conceit. She never bothered to go learn Force stuff because she was busy being a bureaucrat uh, or being, like, a powerful politician, however you want to however you want to put it. Um, and similar to how, like, Ray's got some innate ability but never uses it because she's on Jakku or whatever. And kind of the, the, the nature of just randomly accessing her power is kind of... Feels like an ass ball. Yeah, but even so, but the the other half of the Ray problem is that she doesn't have any flaws at the exact same time. Sure, like, it's not like Leia doesn't pay for this, right? She goes into a fucking coma for half of the movie because of this. Right. I well, don't know, man. That it just feels much less. Oh God, I just realized. What? Uh, well, we're recording, and Rachel's right there. She hasn't seen the movie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> she just looked at me. <laughs> like uh we'll have to cut that out anyway um <laughs> what were we talking about i'm sorry that just really pulled me out of, out of my train of thought we were, we were talking we were talking about super leia but also about like these these moments of uh kind of uh of, of increasing disbelief okay 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 the, the reason the Leia thing doesn't feel like an ass pull to me is because the first time anybody does anything it's an ass pull right like is it an ass pull for luke to force project right or is it an ass pull for fucking kylo ren and ray to have their like skype calls as everybody is is saying right like those have never been displayed before like these are not powers that the force explicitly has right uh but i think that they're delivered you know what i mean like they're it's i i just don't feel like, that's comparable to what it was like with Rey, where she didn't know how to do something and then immediately knew how to do it, right? Inside of, like, a five-second time span. She had, like, one failed Jedi mind Jedi mind trick before she got the correct Jedi mind trick. Sure. So, so I think the difference there is that the, there's an amount of leeway you give to a magical force that you don't know how it works, but that you know that, like, the person possesses those powers, right? Like, we know that... Kylo and Rey possess force powers, so and that the, and so the the Skype call doesn't necessarily feel too out there, um, and we know that Luke possesses force powers to a great degree, so the projection doesn't necessarily feel too out there. We know that Leia has never heretofore used any of her force powers. Um, it all it also kind of feels tacky, um, in in, in a way, right? It's it's not like like the. Uh, the, the Skype call and the projection feel kind of very cool and in-universe, whereas, like, Leia flying around feels less like that. Um, in a lot of ways, I think it, it brings up uh, a lot of the kind of bad feelings about um, zooming around in the prequels, which, um, you know, obviously we, we generally feel different about, but that is a, a, a common kind of criticism of the prequels is that, like, like the herpy-derpy jump space magic is not a great thing. Um... And there's also kind of think of a level of uh, of perceived disrespect to, uh, to to Carrie Fisher having been passed, right? Like that that it kind of feels um, maudlin, maybe is the right way to put it, um, in 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 the context of, of her actual passing. Um, and Man, so I, I do what? think that is insane to me. I get like like this is the moment that people are highlighting. I feel like uh, as like the awesome thing you know like the the awesome princess leia shit 
I don't know, man. That's crazy to me. That's see, I, I don't, I, see I, I, kind of fundamentally, I have a problem if this is like the awesome Princess Leia moment because Princess Leia is not a Jedi. Princess Leia is, is a well-loved and well-practiced bureaucrat, and her being awesome, I think, is better served in her role as Admiral than as, uh, than as kind of like a, a Force-sensitive. Right, like that. That's why we root for this character is because she's great at being a, a princess or a senator, um, and not because she's force sensitive. I don't know, man. That's I don't know, man. This is this is God. This is crazy to me. I that just moment that just moment worked. I think that moment worked for me, and I don't know. I like this is like this is like somebody saying like, oh, Emperor Palpatine. I don't know, man. This <laughs> kills me. <laughs> Emperor Palpatine is a bureaucrat. How come he could use Force Lightning? You know what I mean? Like, well, he's the he's not just a bureaucrat. Like, like, like his whole thing right, is right, he's, but she's a not Force just user, a right? Like, she's Force sensitive, right? But she never uses it ever, right? Like, he... <sighs> she doesn't know about her Force sensitivity until the end of Episode Six, and then twenty years goes by, like. I, right, and, and I, like it's I, not yeah. like, and we, we don't. It's not like we see a moment where she like uses the force to casually like pull a pad to her or something. This, as far as we know, and I think as far as is true in the canon, is the only time she uses the force to any great effect. Yeah, and it's the most like inspirational of you know what I mean. If she I don't think this is particularly inspirational. A that her, that's a fucking pull. Be, I don't think that's true, dude. I really think that part of like part of this is the we all think she's dead but then she's not right and this is echoed in the characters too right like everybody's really happy to get her to get her back like that's an inspirational moment i think yeah so i think that that's true and i think this is actually kind of a recurrent problem in in this film which is i think you could do you could do the like you think she's dead but she's actually not in a better way that doesn't involve her zipping around the screen like a superhero um and you you aggravate less people. I think that it's actually a common theme for, um, for this movie, which is like good ideas with not great execution. I don't, man, fuck what? This is crazy. Okay. But uh, I don't want to like, I don't want to dwell on that too much. Um, and then, so what are, so what are some other things? Like the timeline is to me like the big one. Yeah, so, uh, so I think the timeline's the timeline kind of make any sense. The, the timeline is kind of the biggest fridge moment one. Um, and also, like, kind of the whole mechanics of the of the chase are kind of weird and need, like, obviously, you know, in a week, we'll have uh, canon answers because the reality of the Star Wars universe always stretches to fit the canon, but kind of from a, like, uh, a very, you know, uh, what's it, a uh, uh, raw perspective, like, how we know things work, the chase, the, the kind of central piece of of the movie is the chase and the mechanics of it are unclear at best and nonsensical at worst um which you know there's uh there's the timeline aspect to that there's kind of the the whole mechanics of why this chase is even a thing uh right like not necessarily the tracking i don't think that that's, that's i've seen a few people complain about that but i don't think that's really a problem mostly kind of like the well if you know, they're just ahead of them. Why doesn't one warp forward and then warp back? And, you know, I think you could say some things about the precision of their ability to warp. But, you know, I, th I think that that's kind of outside of the scope of, uh, like, you know, kind of your layman's understanding of how this works. Um, and I think a lot of it could have been fixed with a couple of lines of expository dialogue, but it's not there. Um, I also think it's kind of 
hard to get a read on. Uh, earlier, um, some friends uh, of the cast, we were all discussing how this worked out in a, in, 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 a, in a chat, and basically there's there's misunderstanding about, you know, why, like, like how, what the mechanics of this chase are, and, like, is, is it that, like, my understanding is that Snoke ships outrange the Star Destroyers, it's the only one that can hit the escaping Rebel Capital ship, um, and the Star Destroyers can't, but that's never explicitly made true, or never explicitly said, and so there's, there's confusion about it, and, you know, like, shouldn't the Star Destroyers be able to hit the shuttles? And I, I think that, like, you know, like, to, to my mind, I'm willing to fill in those details. But I think if you're kind of either already on edge from other stuff or, like, you've got, like, a a, a lesser uh, a suspension of disbelief uh, kind of barrier, that, 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 you know, that doesn't cut it for a lot of people. And I, I think that, that those those complaints are valid insofar as they're not explained, and they probably should be. I don't think that that's true, man. I think that they, exp I, like, I don't know. I just feel like it does a, it, this is one of those things where it's like people don't take the film at its word a little bit. You know what I mean? Where they, they're questioning the, the premise um, and, uh, and kind of like engaging with the film in bad faith is kind of what I would like call this stuff, right? Like there's a certain amount of it that like when the, when the film tells you stuff, but doesn't necessarily explain the fine details of how that works. The proper thing is to trust the film that it knows its own shit. You know what I mean? Rather than try and like doubt. So like, it's, it, it, I think the problem is, is not necessarily with, you know, people not believing it's that it's taking what the film tells you and being like, well, if we apply that without any further interpretation on top of that, that explanation doesn't make sense for what we're seeing in front of us. What, what what is the instance of that? I don't I don't understand what you mean. So by that. so so basically the the, the this, this thing with the ranging on 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 the shuttles, right? Like, um, basically the 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 kind of point that we're told is that, uh, the the capital ships for the resistance are slightly faster than the ships, um, than the, the empire ships because they're smaller and faster, um, and that they are uh kind of at a range where the the empire's lasers cannot penetrate their shields. Um, basically that like the, the hail of fire that they're sending will never penetrate the shields, but it's never kind of like, uh, explicitly said that like, like, but like I said, like I said, my read on the situation is that, that the ships were outranging the star destroyers. And the only one that could even like tag it was the, uh, was, was the Snoke's capital ship, but it's never really said, right? Like that's me filling in the details later. Right, whereas... but everyone that doesn't do what you are describing, I think, is engaging with the film in bad faith. That's exactly what the film... I don't know, that's just exactly what the film says to me. No, no, it's not, well, it's, it's not what the film says, it's, it's what the film shows, and it kind of goes out of its way to, to do things in, in, like, in, in a circumspect way, right? Like, basically, the, the, the argument to, to, to kind of pull it around the brass tacks is that when the shuttles are released and the shuttles are discovered, the only ship firing on it is the, um, is the giant, is Snoke ship, right? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think that being like, wait, well, shouldn't the Star Destroyers also be able to fire on them is not a bad leap to go to, right? It's, it's not a, it's not a bad question to ask. Um, and I, I think this is also one of those things where, like, once you've kind of, like, passed whatever barrier it is for you that causes you to, to notice some of these problems, 
then you start like engaging with the details in 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 bad faith. And I think this I think this to a certain extent ex- happened a lot with us with Ray in in the Force Awakens is once once you kind of like pass your threshold for things for for amount of shit you could tolerate, you kind of put everything that's over the line into kind of like the mounting pile of evidence for why things are shit. Um, and I think that we were, you know, we didn't get broken by this movie, but I, I don't think that's necessarily um, kind of uh, unnatural or, or a bad thing to kind of in, engage the film on those terms that like the things that look like they should work but don't and aren't explained are uh, are, are kind of valid in, in the way that like, you know, you're expected to kind of respect the, the, uh, the audience in terms of like, uh, in terms of how much they know about the Star Wars universe, right? Like kind of like the, the layman's knowledge of like laser weapons or, or whatever and, and, and how, and how this should all play out, I think warrants a little bit more explanation basically because, you know, in fantasy, the rules work kind of like how you say they do until they don't and and I, I think there's a, a bunch of muddying in this film that, that could have been helped with like uh, just just a little bit more explanation. See, I don't know that I, I don't know that I agree with that. I think another example of this kind of thing is uh, Kylo Ren's lightsaber, right? With like the cross guard now, everybody freaked out about that. You know what I mean? Where it's like the detail th- and how that works isn't important and does it serve like a good story function which we agree it does typically right like people like the kind of the the raw and like like choppy nature of that lightsaber to kind of like mirror his own kind of like erratic power right um and so and so like to a certain extent that goes away when the when we have the full context of the movie and i feel like the full context of this movie easily outstrips this other stuff and so when you and i complain about tfa we're not complaining about you know what i mean it's not just that it's not just that ray is a mary sue or whatever you want to call it right it's that she's a mary sue but there's not other there's not other stuff going on or the other stuff that is going on doesn't work and i feel like so much of this stuff like right like the 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 function the like the mechanics of the chase work insofar as it serves the story function of placing you know like placing poe uh and holdo right on this kind of like timer and they need to kind of launch this desperate mission to try and to try and like figure shit out right that stuff works therefore this is not a problem if that makes sense like it it would be more of a problem if there was nothing else that it was kind of justifying i guess in, in a way like I, I i see your point and 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 i don't think that like i don't think you're necessarily wrong i just i just see where these kind of complaints come from because because i think like you know there's like it, when you're watching a movie that that say isn't science fiction right like a, a and you know like if if you were watching say the the born uh you know born movie six or whatever we're up to and Jason Bourne jumps across, you know, jumps 100 yards, you'd be like, whoa, 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 wait a second, right? 
Um, and I think at some level that's the kind of thing that that happens here is that like our innate understanding of how things work, even though they are they do play by different rules because we're in space fantasy, still has some grounding in what we understand as reality, and so uh, weirdness there just kind of like rubs people the wrong way. And I, I don't think that's necessarily um, an invalid. I mean, is, way is the weirdness feel. just that like a laser wouldn't lose its power over a distance? Because even then, it's like. You know, like blasters aren't sure. No, no, and, and I, I, I don't, I don't think, way, it, I don't think mean? it's that. I don't think it's that per se. I think it's that kind of the nature of why this escape is working is insufficiently explained for the things that we know happen in this universe, right? Like, um, like a, a very common one I see beyond kind of like this, this why are the star destroyers firing on the shelves? Because I, th I think that's actually one of the weaker examples, but like. Why don't some of the Star Destroyers light jump a short distance ahead and, you know, meet the ship on their way on the way back or something like that, right? Like, um, and I think that, like, those explanations require a much more in-depth knowledge of the Star Wars universe, but, like, kind of at, like, the layman's understandings, I think you, you want to throw on a throwaway line that's, like, you know, like, that explains why they can't just do that somehow. I definitely appreciate those, like, bits of logos when they pop up, but I don't think it's a flaw in the movie that it doesn't. Like I don't know, man. I, I, I think this I think stuff, when it's this stuff feels weird to me. I, I, um, I think I think when it's like kind of apparent, like I think it was apparent enough that like you know a random person could think of that solution to the problem. I think that there's kind of a desire to to have like to have that explained away, right? Like a non-Star Wars nerd could look at what we know is that like hyperspace lets you jump really fast, uh, lets you travel really fast. And the problem here is that they're not fast enough, right? And so it seems like the logical solution is use hyperspace. And I mean, even in the context of the movie, though, like, I think that they felt confident in their ability to just run them down. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. That th This all just feels very, like, nitpicky bullshit to me. Sure, but I think you could solve this problem easily by having somebody like Hux, you know, have somebody be like, shall we send the Star Destroyers uh, ahead and come back to meet us? Him say no, they're within our sights. They'll they can't outrun us for long. We're, right, you know, right, right. But I don't. But I and I understand like the the hole that that patches. Right. This is exactly what logos is, and this is why logos is important in movies. Um, but I don't think that that like the lack of it is like you know venting all that much goodness from the overall quality of the film. It's just like a, it's it's such a minor thing. Like, so so I, I think it's one of those things where like. It's not enough by itself, but when things build, like when things build up to a point where you're where you're aggravated with the movie, it's something that gets kind of thrown on the pile, and okay, it okay, by cool. itself I, does I, not. So to talk about some of the to talk about some of these other things, what I I also understand that people are mad about the reveals that we get, um, to, uh, raise parentage. Or whatever. And See, like, I, I think that's bullshit. I, I think Ray having no nobody parents is is like perfect. It's it's awesome. It's like okay. exactly what it should be. Um, and I think people who are mad about that just don't understand uh, anything about these movies at all, right? Like, I know that like the the ma the mainline characters, it's all hereditary. But like, you know, one of the things that we learn about the Jedi Temple is that. They're all fucking celibate, and so there's absolutely no way that it's it's hereditary for ninety percent of the Jedi through through the fucking uh uh 
through through the fucking old republic. And so I I think that complaint in particular is is, is misplaced. What about stuff like the way that they handle Snoke and, and like did did any of that stuff get on your nerves? Like from like a they you know like I've seen pe- a lot of people talk about like how how Snoke was very wasted in this movie or whatever, and I'm like, are you? Fucking kidding me! Yeah, no, I, I, I don't agree with that either. Um, I there are th- answers that I want about Snoke, but I don't think they necessarily needed to come in this movie. Like, I kind of want to know in, in you know ultimately who the fuck is Snoke, but I don't think that the Last Jedi needed to tell me that. They could either tell me in Episode Nine or maybe even some you know book or you know some extended universe thing. But that's I I do want that in like maybe the next movie. Or something. I did want a little bit more on him, but that's 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 so minor that I don't think it's a problem. I think kind of, um, uh, I th- I think there's a lot of a lot of these complaints that are kind of at the level of, uh, you know, people complained about TFA because it was too much like the old Star Wars movies, and people are complaining about the Last Jedi because it's not enough like the older movies. Right. Um. Ha- ha- I saw this tweet yesterday, and I thought that it was very interesting, and I want to read it. Um, it's actually a couple of tweets, so this take a second. But I want to read it, and I want to get your thoughts a little bit. Uh, though we should probably talk about some of the good stuff, because we've spent 30 minutes talking about why people are shitting on this amazing movie. Okay, so the tweet goes, uh, let's just lay it bare. Fanboys are mad at The Last Jedi reveals because a twist that can't be predicted via lore or established logic doesn't flatter them by making it feel like their commitment to memorizing trivia makes them better than casual audiences. Like, the Marvel movies are great at making fanboys think this is going on, i.e. I saw X ten times and know all the comics, uh, know all the comics, so I get that reference and I'm ahead of the normies on what's going on, even while not actually doing it because it keeps the feedback loop going. But I'm glad Star Wars thus far doesn't feel that it needs to especially since it's now very clear that the old rules are over and the good and bad structures need to be blown up has been the point of TF- tfa and now tlj uh the force didn't didn't use to manifest or work like that before yeah it's almost like some kind of renewal or realignment it was happening with the force right like does does any of this kind of stuff like resonate with you uh um I think I think some of it does. I, I I think there's definitely a fair amount of like you know like, you know, uh, I I was not super deep into the fan theories, but like apparently this movie seems to have done a lot to intentionally swerve around a lot of the the, the fan theories that people were were, were were putting out there. Um, but I don't think that that's necessarily some total true. Um, uh, something I think I think we can we could talk about this. Because uh, this is a point that we disagree on is, is kind of the characterization of Luke in this movie. Oh, um, I love it. I think it's um, great. And you know, I, I I don't think it's wrong that you love it, but I also don't think it's wrong for someone to look at what they did to Luke and not be happy with that decision, right? And and want um a a kind of different version of Luke out of out of their Star Wars movie. And you know, uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe this is fantasy fed by uh, kind of. Uh, what the old expanded universe was, where Luke was a very competent grandmaster, right? Um, and maybe part of this is also kind of like a desire to see your old heroes may uh, be heroes. Um, my my biggest problem, as as we've uh, discussed a little bit off cast, is is that I I don't think that he's totally in the right place. Um, I think this goes along with like the my my problems with the super Leia scene. Um, is that there's a lot of like, like as you put it, uh, uh how did you put it is that like a reluctant shameful hermit Luke is great. Um, 
And insofar as he is a reluctant, shameful hermit, I am totally on board with that for Luke. I think that's a great look for him. I'm not necessarily as okay with, like, weird manatee-milking man who, like, stares down Ray as he, like, pours green milk down his face. Um, <laughs> not as okay with, like, Luke, Luke who trolls Ray with, like, the, the, the palm frond, or Luke who basically ends the movie promising to troll Kylo Ren for the rest of his life. Um... Uh, although it's part See, of, I don't know that that stuff doesn't feel. I mean, like I I understand um, that uh, you know, like the palm frond or whatever is kind of like a trolley version of Luke, but I think that that stuff. I like. I think that that moment was like great. I don't know. I just thought that all of this stuff worked much better, and I think the end with Kylo Ren, like all of that stuff, like it's quote unquote trolley, but like it's also not. I don't know, man. I really didn't think. I I didn't feel as though Luke was trolling Kylo Ren. I felt like Luke was desperately trying to save the Resistance. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, I just, so so to, to be frank, I expected his his uh his kind of performance there to mirror that of. Uh, of Kenobi's in a kind of a much more like serious way, like the kind of the levity at which he addressed uh, addressed Kylo Ren, and kind of the repeated line of "it's it's incredible every word in that sentence is wrong" or whatever, um, just seemed kind of off character from kind of the the, the self serious wise man that he was at the end of Return of the Jedi. Um, although just just to kind of like bring this up, because I know that I know that this is the the, the single biggest thing is. Um, about Luke that I think people have a problem with is um, his actions with regards to Kylo Ren told in over the course of three flashbacks, right? Like um, this kind of Rochambeau uh, uh, kind of flashback. I think you mean, is, I think you mean Rochamon. Rochamon, that's what I mean. The, yes, the Japanese movie. Yeah, Ro Rochamon. Yep, yep. You, you, you got me. Yeah, it's uh, a Kurosawa film, so yeah, I kind yeah. of feel like I have to hit that. No, no, you're abs you're absolutely right. Um, um, and, like, I, I bought it, um, but I do, I, again, this is a thing where I don't think it's invalid for people to look at that and be like, the man who saw the goodness in Darth Vader, who held himself back every other time to kind of have this impulse where he almost kills his student, is antithetical to what the character is, and this is a betrayal of the character, I don't agree with that, but I see where those people are coming from. Oh my god, god, it's so wrong. This is so frustrating for me. I feel like this stuff is all—I don't know. Uh, that that argument feels explicitly wrong to me because it's not—it's not about whether or not—it's not about whether or not like Luke can hold himself back. He does, like the whole—you know what I mean? Like the third flashback to it or whatever is him holding himself back but the problem is it's just like one split second of doubt right and right. he has that exact same moment with darth vader you know what i mean where like he goes crazy and he chops off darth vader's fucking hand and everything like that right like we've seen this in luke before so this is very much in character like in like contained in the characterization it takes him right like he has to hold himself back and take a second Right after Darth Vader mentions Leia, to not murder him, right? And I think that it's the same thing, right? All he does is turn a lightsaber on and off, essentially. But the problem is, is that that was it. That was all that it took, to, and that to, for him to fail Kylo Ren. You know what I mean? 
So I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I, I, I think the moment's well done, and it does it doesn't really bother me either. But I think kind of the, the, the kind of the moment at the return end of the Return of the Jedi is him overcoming that and him discarding that and him, you know, like that's the moment where he becomes a Jedi essentially. It is kind of like the the accepted point in the mythos, and um, I think part of this too is is just kind of the lack of Luke that we've had um, or explanation on his backstory. Um, through The Force Awakens, you know, he was in the movie for all of 10 seconds, um, and kind of the, the lack of what we know about Luke going into this, it feels, it feels like a, a, a large jump in character that I think is fine, but I can understand why people are upset that, like, we didn't, you know, I feel like if, you know, through The Force Awakens, we maybe saw Luke being, like, kind of being wrapped in these kind of, like, problems or whatever, um, or maybe we even got more about, uh, kind of, uh, you know, his, his time uh, training, uh, attempting to rebuild the temple, um, we could see more of it and understand, like, where this impulse comes from. I think since a lot of people, have I also think that a lot of this does get wrapped into kind of the, the anti-fanboy problem, which is essentially that, like, uh, the Force Awakens hints very heavily at, at, like, the fall of the temple being a thing enacted by the Knights of Ren. Um, and it's not, right? Like, it, it, it's, 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 uh, it's Ben Solo immediately after feeling betrayed um, right. that, that he tears it down, not an organized attack by the Knights of Ren. And I think that, that part of the, the, like, the animosity about like kind of that, which was one of the very cool thing or one of the cool kind of things into that in the force awakens being not even given lip service in this movie is I think like it gets wrapped up in kind of these aggravating feelings about kind of surrounding that scene um, and I think I think that gets muddled a little bit. And see, you know. I, I yeah, and I think that's the same phenomenon about Ray's parents. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. turned the Ray's parents thing into this giant fan theory mystery where everybody has theories about what you know what her parents are, and then the movie kind of deflates all of that. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, you and remember. I think it's, the ex- it's the exact same thing. I was gonna say I don't know if you remember, but we were kind of despairing because I thought that the fact that her parents were mysterious meant she had to be someone's kid and that that was going yeah. to be very stupid. So I was very happy with her parents being no, no one. No, I am super happy. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you 100%. In fact, I've actually, I like, I think a lot of the stuff that the, uh, the Last Jedi has to contend with is just shitty baggage that it inherits from The Force Awakens. Like, we were also talking about the size, right? Like, we were talking about kind of the size of the Resistance and how, like, um... You know, and this has been a problem with all Star Wars movies, kind of outside of the prequels for me, uh, and maybe a little bit of like Return of the Jedi, I guess. Now that I think about it, like that starship battle kind of gets it across. Um, but we're, we're like, it's there's just something about this universe, like me- that people make this universe feel so small compared to the way uh, the, uh, the universe felt huge. You know, we were following a certain through line of stuff, but I don't know, like maybe it's just like stuff like the Order sixty six montage. Or I, I really don't know what it was. There's just something to the way that the prequels play out uh, and a new hope also does this and, the, and a new hope plays out that like imply or like suggest that this is just kind of a sliver of the universe that we're getting. You know what yeah. I mean? No, and absolutely. There's all this stuff that's happening off screen, but like this is a movie where it just feels like all of the important stuff is happening on screen nothing is important is happening off screen. That does really kind of bother me, but I, I have a hard time really pinning that at, on this movie, so much as I kind of pin that on TFA being being bad in a way, and it's the same thing with like Ray's parents. You know what I mean? Like I think 
like I, I understand how somebody could be disappointed with like the reveal in this movie or whatever but at the, at the end of the day I think what you're complaining about is like J.J. Abrams shitty mystery box storytelling techniques where he sets shit up to pay off later and then but it shouldn't you know what I mean like I think that's the problem the problem isn't anything in this movie if anything this movie is correcting on that mistake um but, uh, but yeah, anyway, we spent 40 minutes talking about, like, these these things. And as much as I am flabbergasted by, like, the inability, I guess, of uh, who... You know, like, man, I just thought this was going to be such a home run for people um, yeah. when it came to... Uh, uh, when it came to Star Wars, uh, and I started listening, like I was listening to podcasts and stuff like that. Like I hadn't listened to any of like the, the podcasts that were referencing, uh, the last Jedi. And then people were like, yeah, you know, like it took some risks, but it kind of, you know, kind of fell on its face. So I think I prefer TFA. And I was like, you're, you are what's wrong with storytelling in movies these days. <laughs> like this just really frustrates me. Cause I, re cause I, I just really love this movie. And I think that there's so much to it. Okay. Uh, but anyway, good stuff. Um, so, I thought Kylo Ren and Adam Driver is far and away the best thing that's ever been done with this movie. Uh, probably with this franchise. Like, man, I think he's so good. Like, it's so good. Uh, I love the way that... Um, man, I just... I love everything about him. Uh, specifically, I... Okay, so I love how the we get, like, this backstory that informs his character, and it all revolves around this betrayal, right? Which is something that I was talking about before in the other podcast without kind of realizing, um, in the TFA podcast, without kind of realizing how important it would end up kind of being. But, like, you know, like, one of the things that I've always loved about Kylo Ren uh, is specifically his interactions with Finn. You know what I mean? Like, when they, when they meet in the forest on the Starkiller base, the first thing that kylo ren says to finn is he just like yells traitor at the top of his lungs right because though and and there's a lot of really good filmmaking in this right like where they kind of show how kylo ren is keeping track of finn and understands that there's something not doing there's not, there's something that's not great with finn but he takes finn's betrayal of the first order so fucking personally Right? And I love that because it's part of kind of like what informs his character. But in this, all of that is now given a grounding, right? This is why he takes betrayal so personally because he where he feels he was very personally betrayed, right? And then there's another instance of him being so personally betrayed, right? When it comes to the whole thing with Snoke that it catapults him into the most hardcore villainy, right? Like... In a way, he had his redemption moment, but his own kind of, like, failures and insecurities got in his head about it. And he can't help but see, right, like, this one choice framed as a referendum on himself personally. And when it doesn't, you know, come up in his favor, well, now he's just, like, for real Darth Vader, like, full bore kind of thing. Yeah, Man, no, I think it's so great. <laughs> no, I I absolutely agree. I think that I think that Kylo Ren is one of the better parts of this movie. Um, I think that they did a lot to fix the problems that I had with him in the in the first movie, um, kind of his impotence. Um, I think they turned that into a much more kind of like seething, productive rage, and they did kind of a jokey rage. And I, I think ultimately I've come around to your point of view where it's not necessarily his actions in the Force Awakens, although I do think kind of like randomly slashing at the panels was is, is 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 on the edge but i do think you're right that most of that's ultimately driven by 
the jokes that are played off of that with kind of the reversing stormtroopers and whatnot. But I yeah. think the moment where he destroys the helmet is um, kind of beautiful in a way. Um, and also kind of is our first foray into the, the major theme of this movie, which is like kind of letting go of the past um, and letting the legends lie. Because um, that, that's very much him symbolically destroying um, his connection to Vader directly. Yep. Um, uh, honestly, the, the, the only thing that really sticks out at me as being weird about Kylo Ren is the scene with his shirt off. Um, one, they make a joke about it. And two, like... It, it just looks kind of weird. I, I don't I don't know what it was about it, but it, his, his body felt like too wide for his head for some reason to me. It just looked funny to me. Oh uh, really? Yeah. I, I, okay. That I don't know. That didn't that didn't bother me. But I actually um, I actually do want to want to stop. It's on probably the humor because for his pants second. were up so high, and like his. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to stop on the humor for a second because I thought the humor was much better in this movie compared to the other one, uh, compared to TFA. Um, whereas I felt like, you know, the kind of joke paradigm in TFA was always making fun of itself in a way. Like you have the opening where like, it's like, you know, who talks first, you talk first, I talk first kind of thing. Um, and then you have, you know what I mean? Like you have the stormtroopers reversing or whatever. These are mo like, those are jokes where the punchline is anyone taking that story seriously. You know what I mean? Right? Like the, the joke of who talks first is that kylo ren is being really threatened and then poe is making a joke about how not threatening he is you know what i mean and so it's like it's a joke at the expense of your own movie it's cannibalistic right um but even though there were some jokes that that felt like they were in that same vein they always to me seem to be in service either to the character or to the story itself you know what i mean like a good example of this is the prawn uh, the pawn fronds to me, you know what I mean? Like, that joke is, uh, it's in service to teaching Ray her own naivete. You know what I mean? Right. Um, or the other example being Poe at the beginning with General with General Hux. Like, yeah, but he's also buying time, right? And, like, we can see that in the story that these have a, they, they, they have a character purpose. They have a story purpose, right? So they kind of originate from inside of the story itself. In a lot of ways, it kind of felt like, you know... Who Talks First is not something that anybody would actually say because you the reason that joke works is because it's in a major motion picture where this kind of thing doesn't normally happen, if that makes right, sense. Right, yeah, But yeah. in here, the jokes make sense and they are born from like the in-universe story itself, I guess. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. Um, I was not a fan of, of the Poe kind of vamping bit with Hux, like the, can you hear me? Um, mostly because, um, I, I, I think, I think that Hux kind of got treated a lot like a whipping boy in this movie. And I think that it does undercut the movie a lot. Cause I, I think, I think this movie is best. Um, I think this, this, this kind of arc is best when Hux and Kylo Ren are both very powerful, seething, angry figures, like at each other's throats. Um, and kind of, oh, this movie did a lot to paint Hux as impotent, which I wasn't as big a fan of. Oh, interesting. See, I was actually kind of a big fan of that, mostly because, like, I think the contrast that it earns in the second half, um, where Kylo Ren kind of is like, well, I'm somebody with self-confidence now, right? Like, I think that plays so well. You know what I mean? Where, like, Hux, in a lot of ways, Hux is kind of the Kylo Ren that everybody feared they were getting in the first one, right? Where he's kind of like an insecure, you know, like an insecure man baby to a certain extent. Well, in this one, you know what I mean? Like Kylo Ren goes through his arc 
and then he comes out the other end like an intimidating, you know, badass, right? Um, whereas Hux is that guy. And so faced with, you know, so it's the, the juxtaposition is what makes it. No, I, I, I understand why you like, I just, I felt like the Force Awakens set Hux up to be a very Tarkin-like character. Right, and right. I, I think I personally appreciate, the, would have appreciated the story of kind of like, um, you know, Hux and Kylo at odds when both are strong characters as being, I, I just prefer that dynamic. And, you know, I, I, I see your point. I just wish it were different. Yeah. Um, um, we haven't talked about the, uh, like the casino sequence. That's getting a lot of, uh, attention, I guess. Yeah. Uh, were you, were, what, like, how, how, how did you feel about that whole thing? Mixed, um, is the way to put it. I think kind of like the weird circumstances surrounding their ability to go to a casino planet in the middle of a chase scene is what, what, what was a little off and weird, but that's like timeline problems, which we already covered. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like actually getting there and doing shit. Wasn't yeah. A problem. Um, so I, I, I talked about this a little bit, um, uh, in, in our off podcast chat, but I, I think, um, so put it on the line, my favorite character, I think, in the entire movie is DJ, which is Benicio Del Toro's character. I loved him. Um, but I think kind of the core message of the movie, which is, you know, will be the spark to relight the, the, the fire of the rebellion, is severely undercut by kind of the lesson, like, of of that arc, which is that war is, war is shit, and, you know, the Resistance and uh, the First Order are just two sides of the same coin. Um, and you know, if, if, if one person shoots somebody today, uh, doesn't shoot somebody today, they'll just shoot the other one tomorrow or whatever. Um, I think that undercuts a lot of kind of the core messaging of the movie. Um, and I'm like, I'm okay with that message overall. Um, and I'm okay kind of in theory with the idea that like this planet is a bunch of rich kind of asshole fucks. Um, I think that there's there's kind of a perceived more of a perceived problem than a real problem with kind of the characterization of all rich people as assholes um, that I think rubbed some people the wrong way, um, uh, because also I don't know I, I feel like the I feel like ultimately the the, the horse chase was like I, a lot of it felt surreal and kind of like out of out of place in the movie right like they get arrested on fucking parking charges. And thrown in jail over it. Um, and, you know, no one even says, like, it's ridiculous that we're being thrown in jail over parking charges, which I think is supposed to be part of the point. Um, I don't know. It, it just, everything felt kind of, like... Interesting. I actually had a pretty different read, I guess, of, like, the, the casino sequence. Because I don't think the casino sequence was about... I mean, there was, like, a little bit of, like, both sides-ism to it. Um but I think at the end of the day, the heart of the casino sequence is just kind of, like, this theme of, like, what the Resistance is actually fighting for. You know what I mean? Like, they're fighting for these kids on, like... Sure. The, and, like, Rose or whatever, um, like, empathizing with the kids and telling Finn or whatever, like, that she used to be, like, one of them, right? Like, I think that's really, like, the heart of it. And that's why I think at the end of the day, it kind of, like, earns its spot. I, I, I was thinking, I was afraid that it was going to be very plot cul-de-sac-y, right? Um, where, you know what I mean? Like, we go on this whole extended bit or whatever just to kind of, like, 
come back to the plot as we left it, which is the the, the, the core problem of like a plot cul-de-sac. Um, but the twists that came as a result of, uh, you know, as a result of the prison, uh, or I'm sorry, as a result of the casino, all worked to undercut that from taking place. You know what I mean? Like if the plan to go to the casino had played out kind of as it was laid out, you know what I mean? Like, and the movie was like, yep, this plan works and was correct then it would be a plot cul-de-sac you know what i mean because like the these people like leave the the story to go do this other small story and then come right back to the story that hasn't progressed at all but like the story progressed all of this time um you know while finn and rose were gone and there were kind of these you know like there are these inter um uh, or like intra uh, like resistance politics going on, and I thought all of that stuff was really strong. Uh, and then kind of like the way that like the plan breaks down, moving into the third act, all that stuff worked. I don't know, all of that stuff to kind of like worked to retroactively justify the casino se se sequence. Yeah, no, I, 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 I also think um, that the casino sequence uh, failed just a bit um, because Finn and like Rose weren't both how do i put this like finn only came alive in the sequence once he hit the star destroyer and rose was only alive in the sequence when she was on the casino planet otherwise they were just kind of cardboard cutouts yeah i i, I feel that and i i think this is this is kind of another thing i'm going to point to as um you know great idea with with, with flawed execution um i think that like Kind of the, the points that you're talking about, you know, kind of like, you know, fighting for the downtrodden, you know, kid in the stable, um, and, and, you know, kind of like th threading that needle as, as kind of like what's up, I think are all good points. And I think kind of in that service and, you know, like the, their, their ultimate failure aboard uh, Snoke ship, I think those are all good points. Um, I don't think that kind of every detail of the execution was great. Like I said, being thrown in jail for a parking violation, I think either needs to be lampposted as something that's like patently ridiculous or like there needs to be a better reason to throw them in jail. Um, I think that kind of the uh, nature of, of the, uh, of kind of like, like a lot of it seemed to, to kind of lean on the cruelty to the horse creatures, which seemed weird. Um, cause you make a big point of like, you know, like, you know, like she pulls the saddle off of what, of the last one. She's like, now nah, it was worth it. It's like that, that feels a little weird and out there. Um, um, and yeah, and, and on a personal note, I really wish they had done more with Benicio Del, Car Del Toro's character. Cause I, I, I don't, I don't know why, but I really love that character kind of like the, the, the slick rogue with, with like the weird, I don't know. I, I just really fell in love with that character. I also think that it was important to get um, the uh, like third party in there a little bit, um, in the sense of like there's the resistance and then there's the first order, uh, and every character we see is aligned one way or the other, right? Um, and so having someone in there to kind of like I you know in a certain sense I think that if the movie is attempting to go big, this is where it does so. It just kind of doesn't do it enough. To a certain extent, which I'm not really like, like I don't want to say that it's a, um, like I like I don't, I don't think that this constitutes like a flaw in and of itself. 
like i think that that is bigger than this but i feel like they were trying to kind of do that like allude to or imply the bigger universe out there um without uh i don't know do you know what i mean though yeah, like, yeah. you're trying to you're trying to see more and i do and i do have to say i really love the moment where they have like the the arms dealer and he's simultaneously selling tie fighters to the first order and x-wings to the um uh to the resistance yeah and How I, did I, you... I i think i think a, a, of, of the moments of the movie that does the best to kind of sell that there's a larger world outside of this this fight that we're ha- that we're happening right like that, that's the closest thing we get to that um which i think is good for kind of implying a greater universe yeah i i don't know man it is it is it is tough and it is weird to deliver on that that sort of thing because now that i think about it like there are other moments in some of the other movies that i think are trying to do the same thing uh like there's that conversation about like mining guilds and shit with like lando um but just none of that stuff like works in the same way that like yeah so, so i, I know I, it works it works in the other in some of the other movies yeah so you just kind of like um, to, to kind of, like, draw draw the parallel, because you mentioned it before, and I didn't get a chance to say, is that, like, I think that the reason it ultimately works in, um, in Empire, or rather it doesn't feel as bad in Empire, is because, um, like, the, the events of Empire are not supposed to be the sum totality of the Rebellion, right? Like, they're, yeah. what's happening to, uh, what, what's happening to Luke, Leia, Han, uh, Chewie, C-3PO, and R2-D2, but there's a sense that, like, you know, if even if this goes poorly, you know, uh, Admiral uh, was it Dodonna, Jan Dodonna, um, and whatever, like the, the rebellion will go on without them. Um, surely it will suffer a great blow from losing these heroes, but it's not the end of the rebellion. Whereas the stakes in this movie seem to be like this is the entirety of the resistance right here, and that feels a little bit too small for what we're supposed to believe it's about. Yeah. I mean, I think it works insofar as you kind of have this, like, we're going to be the spark or whatever. Uh, we've had some disagreement about this, like, with some other people, too, though. Like, whether or not, like, the ally, like the characterization of the allies that keep getting alluded to. Because, like, my interpretation was something a, lo- a little bit along the lines of, like, okay, well, now that the Republic has been wiped out um, and we're, um, you know, like, the Resistance isn't... It's, it's, like, it's kind of like, say, like, all of a sudden, you know... Uh, the I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Like I'm trying to make like a World War II connection or something to like, like all of a sudden like the Nazis are a huge deal, but they were kind of always a huge deal. I don't know the point. The the like the point kind of is like in the first movie the the first or like the relationship in the, in the galaxy is weird and we don't quite understand it right. Um, but at the end of the day, there's the New Republic, uh, the Resistance, which seems to kind of be like a third party front that's like being funded by like the new Republic and then like the first order and the first order has been like amassing weapons under kind of like everybody's nose. And then they blow up the new Republic and like, it felt, it felt like to me that we're starting basically right at the, you know, right from the end of the movie where the first order is now breaking out across the galaxy and using this like chaos and turmoil to like wipe shit out. Right. And and like, you know, the reason that they're like, they are evacuating the resistance base that we saw in the force awakens right but i think it makes sense that that base is small and the first order wants to wipe it and the resistance out but there are allies in the outer rim that will kind of like rally to the cause and get recruited into it um i compared this a little bit to like the idea that like the separatists in um 
you know, uh, in Attack of the Clones, we're going to rally around Count Dooku if uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin weren't able to stop Count Dooku from escaping, which is exactly what happened. And, and it's the same sort of thing, right? In that movie, it sold me on the idea that, like, if this guy gets away, the Confederacy will continue. Um, if this guy does not get away, then the Confederacy ends right and it was the same kind of thing but with the resistance right essentially if the resistance gets away they'll be able to rally you know all you know i don't know whatever the mon calamari and you know the the, the wookies and shit um in the outer rim uh but if they get killed here um then then that rallying will not happen essentially yeah i i i, I think kind of upon further examination i, I get what you're saying I don't think it's necessarily too far off base. I just think that there's kind of this, I don't know. I, it, it feels weird to me because this is another kind of one of those, uh, like things that like seem on his face to be bad. Like, um, like the, the, the main Republic kind of core planets get wiped out, but we know that like, say Coruscant's still there. It just seems weird that it, over the course of what is apparently, you know, less than 24 hours, um, and the galaxy, like, turns over, it's like, well, I guess, I guess we're under the, the Empire again, uh, own me, new, Repu new uh, First Order Daddy, um, and, and that just kind of, that, that kind of felt weird, I kind of felt weird that, like, the, the, the only resistance, that we don't see any resistance from what was the Republic, right, like, you know, not, not, not to bring things, make things too political, but, like, if Washington, D.C. gets taken out, it's not like the United States is going to crumble and acquiesce to whoever shot that nuke, right? Like, there's there's plenty of military power spread out otherwise, and I think it's it would be kind of, like, weird to expect that the entirety of the Republic's military might was all centered in that one system and was completely destroyed. Like, they, that just feels wrong to me, and I, I think it kind of on face feels wrong to a lot of people. Um, I think this, this, this is also tied deeply kind of to this timeline issue. I think that there's not enough time in this movie for things to breathe. Um, like Ray's training in particular, like I think like, you know, going back over it with a fine tooth comb, it's apparently very short and doesn't really do a lot to justify what Ray is, even though it's, you know, there's supposed to be kind of parallels to Dagobah, I think, but like Dagobah kind of canonically takes a month or so, even though maybe it doesn't feel that way inside of the movie. Um, which is, you know, a, a similar problem with, with Empire, and I, I think that's a valid kind of thing to... Yeah, I, I mean, I, th I think the timeline issues are present in both. Like, insofar as the timeline issue is present in one, it's present in the other. Um, but are people really saying that it's... Uh, God, man, like, I feel like those, like, the Skype calls and shit, like, I love that stuff, but I feel like it only works over a period yeah. of... A no, period no, I, of absolutely. And that's... that's uh, I, I actually don't think a lot of people are, are talking about um, the brevity of Ray's training, um, I kind of am because, you know, I think that Ray's training is supposed to kind of be, um, in some ways an apology for, uh, for kind of her, her brashness in The Force Awakens, but when I go yeah. back and think about it, it's actually not that much time, um, yeah, and I also think that there is something to, like, the, like, the late, Ray leaves before her training is, is over, uh, like there's a lot of there's a lot in this movie that I like specifically because I feel like it is the Force Awakens kind of thing done right. Um, like something I, I, I mentioned before, or I've, I've talked about this. Like the I hate Han Solo in the Force Awakens because they reset Han Solo to Episode Four, 
Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not a continuation of who he was from episode six. It, it just felt to me like they took Han Solo and they reverted him back to who he was in episode four because that's who we all like. You know what I mean? That's the iconic Han Solo, the one that we all like, right? Um, and I understand why, like, they did that, but it just felt shitty and fanservice-y, you know what I mean? And, like, the, the, that it was, uh, like, erasing who he had become, um, over the course of, uh, like, the original trilogy. In contrast, Luke is the opposite, right? Who Luke is now is very much informed by who he was in the original trilogy and feels like a, um, like a, like a, like a, like a natural progression of this guy's character and less like contrived. Like in a way Han Solo is contrived fan service, but Luke Skywalker is like an actual, you know, sequel, an actual like homage to what, what came before. And there's a lot of stuff in here that I felt like were those things, right? Like there's the, you know, like there's the kind of like, you know, Luke, I am your father moment, right? Like the, like rule this galaxy is father and son. Right. And I thought that that was a very true, like, like I, 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 it's, you know, it's like the rhyme thing, right? It, it, it rhymed, but I loved it. It wasn't doing the same thing. Right. But it was, a, but it was like just close enough. And there was a whole bunch of shit in here that, that, that felt like that to me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I feel that. I, I definitely agree. I definitely feel like there was there was a lot of good homage in this movie as opposed to bad fan service, um, which we saw a lot of in the TFA. I also felt like there was a lot of, like, weird kind of, like, weirdly kind of specific apologia in, in this movie for the for the problems of TFA. Um, I think one of the, the bigger versions of this is, is when Poe and Ray are introduced to each other like uh, they they like they do an introduction because they apparently have never met, um, which I think is 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 fine. But I think that was specifically in response to um, basically Leia and and uh, Ray embrace the end of TFA, even though they have never met before, um, yeah. and that was one of the things that that's crowed about. Um, yep. And I feel like like that that kind of encapsulates. There were I think a lot of those moments. And I think some of them were less necessary than they needed to be. Um, that one being kind of one of them, like if that felt like kind of a win to the audience of like, we understand your concerns, but like if, if it felt like it didn't necessarily need to be there, wasn't as big a fan of it. Oh, I actually kind of like that moment. Uh, I guess I'm kind of one of the people that they're apologizing to, but I accept that apology. Ryan Johnson and Lucasfilm. Good on you. Plus I also love Poe Dameron. Like Poe was one of my favorites from the, like, like, like TFA just from like a character perspective um because i just like loved how like uh like the kind of trope name is like paragon i guess where like his defining characteristic is his like altruism and nobility um but i like that they like really challenged that in this movie right because like in a lot of this is a this is kind of like the superman is a boring character um problem right uh where like if you have someone whose defining characteristic is just being a good person like, that's, that's boring, quote-unquote. Well, like, it, just because they are good doesn't mean that they are right. Um, and, like, this movie does a really good job of showing you Poe, like, Poe Dameron being wrong about stuff. But because he considered, you know, like, because he also buys into his own myth-making, essentially, um, you know, like, he makes mistakes. And he, and there are failures that are because of that those 
you know, like because of those mistakes. And like to a certain extent, uh, like to a certain extent, I think another flaw of the movie is like the, you know, it has that problem of like if the if two characters just sat down and had a quick conversation yeah. with one another, they would have solved the plot or whatever. Um, and I do, and I think that that's pretty real in this movie, just because there are a couple of moments where that seems like the obvious. Right, like, you know if, I mean? like if, if, if Admiral Holdo had sat down and explained what the plan was to uh, to Poe, it's probably no problem in this movie. And yeah, it, it makes a mistake. Like, I actually can kind of see a version of things where where Poe is too headstrong, right? And so Holdo doesn't have the opportunity to, you know what I mean? And so it's kind of like a, like a miscommunication from her perspective. He's just been demoted, and he and she doesn't, you know what I mean? Like. She has other shit to worry about, and she doesn't need to explain the fucking plan to some rando guy that just pissed off Leia or whatever, right? Uh, but they have this thing where he literally asks her, he's like, "What's the plan?" and she doesn't tell him, right? And then they have, uh, and then they have this mutiny or whatever on the ship, and she doesn't go, "Listen, there's more to this than you know. Stop being such a fucking idiot." She just kind of stands there. Um, so I think like that's where it kind of crosses the threshold into being like this could have been done better. For yeah, no, I I agree one hundred percent with that. Um, we're 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 running a little long on on kind of the main section, but I did want to touch on kind of the the fight on uh, on crate. I believe is the name of the planet. Um, I just wanted to say first off that 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 the the whole fight is beautiful. I really love the kind of salt over the red earth and kind of the the way that it played out i thought it was very very pretty and i really loved it yep um, did you did you call the thing with uh with uh with luke when it came to all that what that he was a projection yeah no actually oh interesting i called i felt very good about it but i also felt a little bit weird about it because like there's that moment where c-3po kind of looks at him and he winks and i was like okay does that mean what i think it means like could a dro- like like would a droid be able to see him? That's very weird. But then the but then when I saw you know like they they just linger for a second on kind of the sand or the sorry the salt beneath his feet and then the salt beneath Kylo's feet and then you see it and you're just like oh you know what I mean like I, I felt very good about that. Yeah no that's that's uh that's fair. Um, but the but like the one man versus like an army sort of thing I was just like this is my shit. Oh yeah. Um, what did you think of the uh, the Rose kind of like anti suicide moment? Because this is another moment that's that's gotten a lot of kind of like what the fuck is happening here. Oh, I I mean I. This, this was is by the really... way, this is the Max Landis take, which is why the fuck did Rose act like this? Um, uh, just to kind of compare it to his TFA take. Um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts? Oh, did is that what he said about it? He. He, I think the tweet's something along the lines of, like, uh, towards the end of The Last Jedi, a character does something that is incomprehensible, and I want to talk about it, talk about it in the replies below, spoilers below. It's basically people being like, yeah, what the fuck was Rose doing? Um, beyond the mechanic, like, you know, we, we can ignore the mechanics of how she was able to catch up or whatever. Um, but, like, just kind of, like, the, 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 the kind of action which was, like, put everybody at risk, like, like put... Like, you know, put both her and Finn's life at risk to avoid Finn committing suicide, which could have ultimately, uh, you know, solved the problem. 
Like, like, you know, like, is, is her message valid? Like, I think there are also questions that you can ask about, um, about, you know, like how, how she's in love with him after like a couple of hours, essentially. But I, I want to ignore those kind of yeah, mechanical I, problems. I thought that specifically was not super earned. Um, but I think actually the kind of thematic, I, the, so, so, okay. I was geared up to hate that moment because there is nothing I love more in triple a kind of like big budget tentpole blockbusters than killing the main characters right you know what i mean like that shit just like is my crack right um and so you were presented a mo you know we're presented with this moment and i'm like oh this is great he's gonna sacrifice himself he's gonna die you know what i mean like there's some real there's some real weight to this and then when he doesn't i'm just like what the fuck? I was actually, like, really mad because I was really liking everything. And then that, that moment, I was just like, come on! Like, please give me this, right? Just do this one thing for me. Um, but I think the thing that she says was really earned thematically, right? Where she kind of says, like, this isn't a fight we're going to win because we're fighting what we hate, right? It's a fight we're going to win because we're saving what we love. And the way that echoes back into uh, Poe and his perspective on things, right? Like, like... The, his plan uh, and, like, his his kind of gung-ho-ness to take out the Dreadnought is the same kind of, like, is the same kind of thing. Though I do kind of want to point out that there is, like, a little bit of a storytelling flaw in there because obviously the fucking Dreadnought would have been able to kill the cruisers in this, like, sublight chase sequence. So, Leia, technically, like, I understand how thematically you're right, but technically you would be wrong, because if that Dreadnought warped in afterwards, it would have fucked up everybody. Right, right, um, but th they also didn't know that, like, they could track them through sublight. Right, no, no, I know, I know, I know. Right. I'm, ju I'm just saying, like, from a from a purely plot elements right, perspective, right. Leia is definitionally wrong. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying, Thematically, yeah. the movie is like, Leia is right, you know, and, the, you know, Poe was being, you know, like, this was a failure on his part kind of thing. From the plot's perspective, it was actually not. Um, anyway, right. but that's hindsight. Anyway, um, and so insofar as that's the case, you know what I mean, um, uh, that is the, um, like, th th that was very well earned. It also comes by back, by the way, with Luke's things, uh, and also Ray's, you know, like, Ray's stuff, right? Like, Luke talks about how, like, I mean, he lit, like, this duality i think is pretty great to be honest with you where he talks about like one man you know like what do you want me to do right like swing my laser sword at you know at the entire force order or whatever but he ends up actually doing that but the thing is is it's not in service to him defeating the first order right and fighting what he hates or whatever it's in service to saving the like it, it's in service to like saving the resistance and that's kind of like it's the in thing service that he of, tro of trolling kylo ren right and so insofar as these things are uh like thematically relevant to the whole film uh, it, it is it's very well earned, I think. And I give the moment a pass, even though it does my least favorite thing, which is someone who is going to sacrifice themselves get saved uh, at the last fucking second. I get really mad about that. Yeah, I, I, it's such a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> at the very least, it, like, it saves him at the consequence of the consequences still happening, right? Like, usually the way this yeah. happens is someone... Like, does the thing they meant to do and they survive anyway. Um, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, uh, again, I think this is another example of, like, a good idea that wasn't quite perfectly executed. Um, uh, I, I think kind of 
the specific implementation of this didn't make a lot of sense just because, like, pretty clearly he kind of needed to, to like, like, stopping the cannon would have made a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it, it was not my favorite. Um, but, uh, like I said, Battle is Beautiful. Last thing I wanted to touch on before we ran out of time was uh, the lightsaber fight. Uh, Kylo and Rey back-to-back fighting uh, the goons. Um, are those weapons yep. that the, the Red Guards are using, are they, uh, um, are those lightsaber weapons? Because if they are, I'm excited. I really, really actually like that scene. Oh, see, I don't think they are. I feel like they are, like, the Magna Droids. Um, okay. Uh, where it's just kind of like, or like that, what's, what, whatever that, like, baton thing that gets used in TFA, right? Like, something that can go toe-to-toe with a lightsaber, but isn't actually a lightsaber itself. Yeah, they, uh, they, they have some beams coming this. out of them, and something I'm always real hype about are non-saber light weapons. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, people are talking about this a lot. Uh, I, I have to say, actually, that I don't think that the action in this movie was very well shot. Um, I do think that the... Uh, that, okay, it's not entirely true, because I think that the opening, that, like, starship battle sequence is actually the best starship stuff we've ever gotten in star wars um mostly because like it really is a, is a super true to form callback to like the world war ii kind of like serial roots um like of star wars and specifically of these like uh like like the heritage i guess you would say um of the movie um but like when it came to the lightsaber fights i just felt like they weren't shot very well um or executed very interestingly um the uh it's i don't know it's it's good it's definitely like learned its lessons i think um from kind of i don't know i'm still i'm still in like obi-wan versus anakin you know darth maul versus qui-gon and obi-wan are the kind of like high watermark for lightsaber fights uh i just i felt like this was coolish but not really like yeah no i i don't i don't think it has the choreography of, of those fights yeah. But I don't think it's supposed to. I I like it's a very much a kick down beat out fight, and I just really enjoyed it from that perspective. Um, something that I really liked was was when Kylo faces down Luke. Is um, I guess he's done it before, but I think it really became iconic in that moment. The way that Kylo like stands and ignites his saber, where he kind of like like crouches down and like puts his lightsaber out behind him and kind of like like you know like shoves it and like almost kind of like like moves it as if he's like throwing the light out of the lightsaber, even though that's not true. I I just really like the imagery of that and kind of like the, the, the fiercest animalistic it portrays. Um, yeah. I think that's great. Hey, uh, uh, how much did you cry in this movie? Did you cry a whole bunch? I did not. Oh, oh. really? At the very end, I was like a, I was like a little girl when my pony died or something. <laughs> that thing with, with Luke at like the super, super end of the movie. Oh, oh the, uh, the, bi- the binary sunset moment was oh, mm, so mm. good. That's a good like, movie. I was just like, I, yeah, I know. I know. This guy was, I was like, this guy, this guy just in star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't know, man. I just, I just lost it at that moment. That was so good. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I was a little bit confused because I thought kind. Of, I thought the thing that they were doing was like you know, oh, so he doesn't kill Luke. So Luke's gonna be a character in the next movie, and then he disappears into the Force. Yep. There, uh, there are two things that were weird about that. When one people are talking about like the spec, and everybody thinks that spec was a ship. You know what I mean? Um, which I, which I get. 
I'm like that spec is dumb. Why why was there a fucking spec? Yeah, yeah. Um uh like on like on the sun. And then the other thing was um uh I think that when Kylo stabbed like the image of Luke that it like reflected back or whatever. Like cuz there's that moment where th- this is a little bit of like, this is a little fan theory territory so beware but there's that moment where like kylo ren is skype calling with ray and then he like holds his glove and there's water there because it's raining where ray is you know what i mean so like the like somehow this trans you know what i mean like the the distance was in some way like bridged yeah bridged or like traversed or whatever um and so the moment where where so the moment where like kylo ren like stabs him or whatever um i thought we were going to kind of like phase back to luke and then he would like look down and he has that like stab hole sort of thing and there's a moment in there where like he just happens to like he like clutches his side in such a way and i was like oh i get it but it wasn't clear enough and then other people didn't quite get this, so this is this is why I say like it's a little bit fan theory. Yeah, compared there, to there's another theory I've seen, which um, I'm I'm I don't think is real, but I'd be a fan of if it was, which is like he kind of has a surprised dish look on his face at some point, um, and that essentially him disappearing into the force isn't him dying; it's him kind of like reaching enlightenment, and he just kind of disappears into the force at that moment because. Um, Basically, you either, like, the, the way that you become a Force ghost is you, you reach enlightenment and that's either upon the moment of your death or um, or you just kind of manage to do that in the moment and it just kind of happens. Um, uh, which uh, I could see, like, I like that idea. Uh, I don't think it's going to be ultimately what happens, but I do like that idea. Um, I also, you know, this is something that I, I was kind of curious is, like, why there weren't more Force ghosts around earlier, like, you know, Obviously, the, 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 the easy reason is that, like, you know, Alec Guinness is dead. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I, was hoping, I was hoping there'd be more Force ghosts in these movies. Oh, man. I, I, I think that this movie, a lot like Rogue One did, where it kind of has, like, some stealth callbacks to the prequels for, like, those of us who liked the prequels while also not going too heavy on it because they understand that, like, all of the fanboys are going to, like nerd rage out about it if they do kind of thing uh like worked out you know what i mean like like when, I, in, our, in our rogue one podcast and by the way i actually rewatched rogue one and i was surprised how well it held up um, i was kind of expecting it to like fall apart a lot more um but like you know like i talked a lot about how i loved the moment where the you know like they go he goes ben mendelson goes to mustafar to darth vader's like obsidian fortress or whatever and how just like wonderful and like deep a moment like that is just from like the minute you know what i mean like the second we we see it on screen right because like there's all this stuff that's implied there right that like vader you know builds you know what i mean like he builds his home on the place where he suffered the worst pain he's he ever suffered you know what i mean yeah um and there was stuff like that you know like where luke says the thing about uh, like the the failure and and the and the hubris of the Jedi, right? Like, I, as someone who loves the prequels, right? Like, I loved that Luke actually grappled with that. You know what I mean? That like the story and the text actually kind of grappled with that. Um, and I was hoping that they were gonna that they, they were gonna kind of echo to a certain extent um, that, and that maybe we get like a Ewan McGregor thing, right? Like we all know that Ewan McGregor is uh or that they're 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 the next solo um 
or kind of, what, what, what do they call them? The Star Wars, uh, whatever the, tales the, the, or what adventures or whatever. Yeah, the, yeah, like just like directors playing around in the Star Wars universe. Like the next one of those is going to be an Obi Wan movie with Ewan McGregor expected to return in the part. You know, none of this has been announced, but like it's been reported on um, by by like the press, uh, by reputable press. Um, so I kind of felt like they were going to kind of say like, all right, like we're very going to, we're going to slowly integrate a little bit more prequel stuff into, you know, like we're, we're, you know, like we've, we've set the standard. You guys are going to be okay with this kind of thing. Uh, and that they were going to have you and McGregor show up as Obi-Wan, uh, in order to talk to, uh, in, in, like in order to do this force ghost shit. Uh, but then he didn't. And I was very sad. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to do some rapid fire questions just cause we're like, Running out of time, but I did want to touch on some things. Uh, so uh, th- th- these 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 will be nice and short. But uh, what did you think of in rough order? Uh, fish nuns. Uh, oh, I loved them. I loved them. Yeah, I thought I thought they were, I thought they were funny. Uh, porks. Uh, perfect usage of porks. I would say. I, I would like. agree with that. I was afraid that they were going to ruin the movie, and I thought that they were used just enough. Yep. Um, what else is in this kind of? vein uh, oh how did you like i loved the crystal foxes did you like the crystal foxes i thought they were yeah i, I thought that they were they were cool um yep yeah, yeah I, I don't think there's much else to say on that other uh yeah i it was it's super tight kind of like planting and payoff i thought um but uh but uh i don't know i loved it so much i thought it was great uh slot machine bb8 uh, I'm actually kind of a little bit in agreement. A lot of people are talking about like like one of the top comments on the Reddit thread about it is like, so does anybody get like BB-8's kill count at the end of this movie? Because it's got to <laughs> be like hundreds. <laughs> and uh, as someone who likes, you know, like I love R2D2 soloing the two battle droids in in Revenge of the Sith, right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I kind of like it when like these comic relief characters get like a moment to kind of do shit like that. Uh, I thought that they went a little overboard with BB-8. Yeah. Uh, in in terms of the movie, though, I have to say that I really like that fucking leprechaun itself. Just like that thing. I don't know if it was practical or CG or whatever, but just like that thing specifically, yeah, I thought was just like a really fun little creature that they made. Oh, speaking of practical versus CG, uh, Yoda, um, including oh yeah, right. a- including uh, trolling by lightning striking the library and also trolling by. You know, Ray already has all the information inside there, when, in, which is a, jo- a joke reference to the fact that she has stolen the books and put them in the Falcon. Yeah, I am fine with that um, when it comes to, uh, uh, like, when it comes to what Yoda actually did, uh, but I think it was a mistake to have it be, uh, I ju- it just looked so bad. You know I, I, mean? I just... It's, 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 well, so, okay... Have you ever seen like anime? This this reminded me a lot of anime where they only open like the mouths. Have just you ever open seen anime? No, yes, no, I've but seen it's specific. Anime. It won't. No, right, but it's specifically like anime with like bad where they don't match the mouth to what's being said. They just open and close the oh, mouth. Oh, bad open dubs. Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it felt like because he wasn't. You know what I mean? Like I just thought it was bad. I just hated it. I thought it was yeah. bad. So I I, I think the biggest flaw. I I like the puppet. I think the biggest flaw is that they didn't turn the transparency up enough. Basically. Like he wasn't as, as as transparent as he was in uh, in Return of the Jedi, and I think that like it looked weird because of it. Yeah, see, in Return of the Jedi, he doesn't talk, um, or maybe he does talk, but it's like, but it, but like you know, in this movie, he's sitting there like for fucking and having like a ten minute conversation, and then he beats and, and his, he hits Luke. 
and his fucking yeah i thought i also thought that wasn't great um but like the thing with the his mouth just looked really fucking bad um because it couldn't make like more complex mouth shapes in order to actually sell me on it was making these things and it also seems that like this seemed to me like a like a fan servicey sort of thing where like you know people are overcorrecting for the cgi in the prequels or whatever you know what i mean like, yeah i just felt like it was that and i hated it no no I, I like the puppet so, so use make the puppet better use cgi please uh that that was my that was my thing um and i think the last thing i want to touch on is what did you think of the force hole I loved the Force Hole. I loved the way that the Force was portrayed in the movie. I loved the way that Luke explains the Force to Rey. I thought that was beautiful and, and spectacular. Um, I loved the Force Hole and kind of Rey's like out of body mirror experience. I thought that thing was just. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was great. I thought that whole thing was like back to front fucking great. So I, I will agree with you that I love the way that the Force was portrayed in this movie. I think this is one of the things that you can point to as like being good in kind of the uh, world of uh, like kind of like things that we can do now that we've got better technology is portray the force in a much better way. I, I think, I think that it was, it was great. Um, but uh, I do think ultimately the force hole was kind of pointless. Um, I think it went on, like, I think it was cool cinematography. Um, but I think that's kind of some in total all it was. Um, oh, I disagree because I think it's very important for Ray's, uh, you know, like, like Ray sitting in front of the mirror and being like, "Hey, who who are my parents or whatever?" But the mirror, not you know, like it. I mean, it kind of tricks everyone because you expect to see it, but the mirror showing her just herself, I think, is like visual, thematic, for what we eventually learn about Ray, which is that. Her parents aren't what's important. She's what's important. You know what I mean? So I, I'm with you on that for a bit. But, uh, like, I, I think kind of the 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 execution, again, great, good idea, not great execution. I think execution, which is, like, two or three minutes of her, like, snapping her fingers and, like, that reverberating down the line, um, along with some weird inner monologue moment, like, uh, inner monologue moments that don't appear anywhere else in the film. Um, I think kind of make the scene not particularly great. Oh man, see, I, I love the I love the the snapping thing um, because what it implies, and I think this is very true of like the kind of like the force and all this other stuff, and we uh, we talk about it. It's like it's visually representative of this idea of kind of like you know like it's your destiny and it's your fate sort of thing, right? Where she is like. It's not that, like, she's, like, predetermined, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because it's not like that line is infinite and the, and the Force has made her decisions for herself, right? But, like, the Ray that we follow in the middle of that line, right, she is a slave to the Ray before her and the Ray after her, in a way. You know what I mean? Because, like, those moments, she, she is the bridge between those two moments and those moments are, like, externally determined for her right um but then the decision point is at the end of the at the end of the line that's where her destiny and her fate and you know what i mean do you see what i'm saying that's where her choice is that's where she gets to make a choice about what she wants to do and i thought that from a visual standpoint communicating that i thought that was fantastic 
Uh, I don't know if I agree, <laughs> but I, I see your point. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, this is this is kind of like film film school, buddy. I guess kind of like this, like in a way, that's like an art house movie moment. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I would I would I agree with you. Um, and kind of like independent of everything else, I think it was neat looking, at least. But I I, I don't know if it felt right in the middle of the Star Wars movie. That's true. I, I don't know that it quite earns its spot in the story because it's set up in a different way, right? Because, like, the hole itself is set up to be the dark side and shit or yeah. whatever. But, like, when you actually get down there, it's not. It has nothing to do with that stuff, which is, I think, a failing of, like, the from, from like, a plot perspective. Like, from a character and theme perspective, I think it works great. But from, like, a plot perspective, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I think that's about all we have time for, buddy. Did you have any last thoughts? Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, no, did I have any thoughts, man? Like, did we play video games this week? Fucking, I didn't play, like, any video games this week. I, I played... Oh, so- shit, I played so much fucking Hearthstone, and I'm super lying. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like we don't have time for that now, though. So. Yeah, did, uh, have you, have you started doing, like, dungeon runs and shit like that? Are you trying to get the card back? Uh, yeah, I beat it with Priest, which took me a long time. Um, and I've started with Warrior just because I'm going to go through all the other eight. Um, yeah, Warrior is really hard. Priest is also really hard. I have not beaten it with Priest or Warlock yet. I, I've, I've found, I have found Warrior to be relatively easier, and maybe that's just because I've got enough practice, but like I got to the final boss once already with Warrior, which I was nowhere near close, which is on my second or third run with Warrior. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But I also found, like, I when I hit that final, I hit the uh, the beam final boss. I just couldn't do anything. I just got steamrolled by that boss. Yeah, that, that that happened to me quite a bit with Warrior. Also, like I didn't uh, with some of them. Like treasures are pretty obvious which ones are going to be good. If that makes sense, like I one shot a whole bunch. Basically, all of the ones where jades uh, are around, I one shot them just because like drafting jades basically makes you win the game. And if you can either get the death rattle or the the battle cry double up you just win the game off of just like insane value off of that at, at like at that point but it was a lot harder for me to kind of figure out what the best treasures were for warrior um like i was trying to build a control warrior for a while where i was going for like just a car's ring and kind of like late game stuff but then i was like well maybe i'll do tempo warrior um and i eventually ended up by doing kind of like this weird uh oh i eventually ended by doing stealth uh, like, I got the permanent stealth, and then with your enraged dudes, because the, the opponent has a hard time killing your enraged guys. Um, like, you get a fucking, whatever, worgen out there, and then Cruel Taskmaster him, and you're just, like, beat-sticking beat his face for, like, a billion damage. Um, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. yeah um, but, uh, like I said, I think that's all we got time for. Um, if you'd like to email us what you think of uh, The Last Jedi, or, I guess... Uh, Hearthstone Dungeon Runs. You can email us at podcast.somedurfsplaygames.com or somedurfsplaygames at gmail.com. You can uh, uh, follow us on twitch.tv slash durfsplaygames. You can follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Google Play, wherever you find great podcasts um, uh, or mediocre podcasts. Uh, you can find us there. Leave us comments. Leave us comments on Twitter. We love them all. Um, uh, as uh, as uh friend of the cast and uh composer of the cast theme song vince said i'm with finn uh so you know we, we know that the the finn the the finn's our boy uh i think that's about it but why did you betray me vince <laughs> god damn it <laughs> uh 
I, I think that's about all we have time for. Uh, buddy, do you have anything else that you wanted to promote? I have nothing else that I'm looking to promote. In that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.